Blog Talk Radio. Gracious, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time it is in your sphere of the hemisphere, we welcome you to the It's Real Radio Talk Show. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and as always, I have one of the most phenomenal persons you ever wanted to meet. Her heart is big as the size of Texas. Um, even though she's not from Texas, (laughs) she is beautiful, she is witty, she is intelligent, and she is going to rock the show today. Hello there, my sister, Mrs. Tanya Roberts. How are you? Hello? Tanya, can you hear me? Hello, hello. I see you're on. Can you hear me? Hello. Okay, hello. now I can hear you. For some reason, it didn't connect you. Hi. <laughs> hey, beautiful. I, let me say that again because I think it needs to be said a second time. I'm so blessed by your lips and because you're a phenomenal woman of God and to be able to say those things to me. I'm so honored and I'm humbled under you because you've been my teacher, my leader, and the value of my life as a friend, a sister, a God sister in Christ. So I'm so blessed by you. Thank you. You know, thank you. That's sweet. Amen. The other day, I got to start it off like this. The other day, I called people beautiful at work because that's what the Lord told me several months ago to start saying. And so my produce manager said, why did you call that woman beautiful? Everybody's not beautiful. I said, I beg to differ. You have to look inside the inner core of a person, not the outer core. And he said, yeah, but, you know, I said, but let me tell you something. A very dear person to me, my brother, committed suicide. He wasn't my biological brother, but he was my brother. And I loved him, my brother in Christ. And he committed suicide several years ago. And I remember he used to always call me beautiful. And I would go, why do you call me beautiful? He said, because I just feel like it's so important for people to know. Yeah, I told him, you make me feel so awesome, so valued. So when I told that story to my produce manager, you guys, he was blown back. And I had to go to him and say, I met some beautiful people in life, and they were ugly. 
but yet I've met some not so what people would call beautiful, and they were beautiful inside. Those are the true mm. value of people. So I just wanted to start it off like that, sis. What beauty Amen. are you, and what level do you want to stay? Amen? Amen. Amen. You know what? The, the, just on that note, um, when you think about the old saying that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, and our Father, which are in heaven, beholds our heart, not the outer beauty that he looks at, but the inner beauty. You can find someone that by quote-unquote society's um, status or, or what they deem as beautiful, and, you know, and that person may not meet their standards. But the person could have such a phenomenal spirit, such a sweetness about themselves that everybody they come in contact with is drawn to them. And that's because it's the inward beauty that works. And as you just said, you can meet some people, oh, my goodness, okay, that I don't care how the outward appearance is ordained or adorned is what I'm trying to say is adorned. You don't want nothing to do with them. In fact, when you see them coming, you are literally running the opposite direction. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. And it gives me joy when I introduce you because you are beautiful inside and out. So that is what makes you a rare jewel, seriously, a rare jewel. And you've never, what I think what I appreciate the most about you is that you've never been like what they say, stuck on yourself. You've never been that one to think that, oh, I'm just so fine, I'm just so beautiful, and yada, yada, yada. You have always had a humble spirit, no matter what position you were in in life you know you always had that humble spirit and that's that's a blessing that is a true, well, true blessing so well let me tell you something says people don't realize that one of my prayers used to be to god is i don't want to look at myself as the world see me but i want to look at myself as how you see me i don't want to get caught up in anything that i shouldn't get caught up in but i'm praying that i get caught up what you you want me to get caught up in it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Please hear me, everybody, when I say this. I still don't see it. I just think it's awesome because when my sister says what she says, I'm starting to see the change from the inner core of what God is doing in me, and I'm so grateful for that. Not what he's doing on the outside because that's not the carpenter that he is. And that mm-hmm. just brings so much into what we're going to talk about today. I have many things Amen. I want to talk about today. Amen, sis? Amen, amen. Well, it's your show today. I'm along for the ride, so you go for it, my love. Okay, now you just made me nervous, and I need you, so don't <laughs> don't go far. Man, I just broke I out in a cold sweat, you guys. You. I promise you some of my hair trinkled on the floor. I promise you and my butt dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> Please hear me. Um I, it's important to me to really talk about today. You know, um, now that we've been talking, the introduction is such a blessing. One of the things I want to talk about is please stop judging a book by its cover because it's God's grace. And I believe that what we're doing is we're looking at life, what's going on now, and we believe that's it. And, again, it's about changing your mindset. 
It doesn't matter what people say to you. It's what you believe in yourself. And that's what's so important to me about this show, Keep It Real. And I keep coming back to this because I believe in my heart that so many people, we keep getting off track. We yeah. keep getting caught up in so much of the world that we keep, we're not getting caught up in what God says, who we truly are. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. So that is the truth. now what I want to say is stop being led by what you see in the mirror. That's just a reflection of what the world sees. Mm. Look into the reflection from the inside out so you can see what God sees. That's such a true value. You heard me say that my brother, my love, he wasn't my physical brother, but someone I loved, and he committed suicide because he was a beautiful person, what I've seen. And let me bring to the story of how I met him. I was running from abusive relationship from one state to the other. I came into a hotel. I had to tell him a little bit of my story because I was scared and I need to be protected. And he put me in the best room that they had, a demo suite, me and my daughter. And he told me he would watch me. And the cameras mm-hmm. were there, and that's where he placed me. So I thank God for that. Amen. You know, let me first say this. You know, my pastor wasn't at church today. I went to church. I was fighting, getting out the door. Made it on time. Thank you, Jesus. When I came to the door, my pastor wasn't there. Y'all don't know. Sometimes that's just a little what? But he had a little fireball woman there preaching almost the same thing what my pastor said several weeks ago, but brought it back a different way. And I thank Mm -hmm. God for it. And one thing she said that was profound to me, sis, was just like David had to run from his enemy and he was in a cave. She said, but a cave almost signifies the same as a tomb. But the only difference Mm. God told me between a cave and a tomb is the tomb has a top and the cave has an open door. And a lot of you out there feel like you're in a cave and that God has forgotten about you and you're running from the very thing from that enemy. Some of you are caged. What cage are you in of depression, suppression, oppression? of not having enough, not feeling value, what cave are you in? What has the enemy told you that you're not? And then she brought it back and turned it around and said, just like in Ecclesiastics, the word of God says, for there's a time and season and the sun for everything. I want to break through to someone. I pray that you're listening. I can't get you to listen. All I can do is tell the truth. And I believe we're bringing the truth to you. I've been suicidal. I've been there on the edge, and God spared me so many times. I thank God for that. But again, let's come back to where is your mind set at right now? You guys, we have five more months before this year is up. And I'm sure so many have gone through so many things in our office and presidency. If you pay attention to that, you'll get caught up. And torn down alone, just hearing what's going on, on your jobs, your friends, maybe transitions, family members, different things. I've gone through some things, too. But I realized that it's all a blessing. It's all a blessing. I talked to my mom today, and I had to tell my mom what the Lord led me 
to say the other day, I was getting ready for work Friday. And I said, Lord, just doing everything that I can to reach the goal that you've called me to do, to have true success and financial bliss. And I'm talking to him. And he said, but you're rich. I said, I'm rich? He said, but you're rich. Because what you don't know is everything that you've done to that vehicle was carrying you right now. You shouldn't even be here. People will wish that they had the life that you had just to have the health that you have that they don't have. That's richness. Again, let's go back to mindset. It's not what's going on in your life, people. It's how you're looking at it. Mm. You can look at it like everything is on fire, or you can look at it like God is burning everything down so he can bless me for it to come up again. You can look at it like it's a flood, or you can say God is washing it all the way because he can really bless me for something new that's coming along the way. How are you looking at it? Where's your mindset? Sis, I know in my heart that you've suffered blessings and losses and different things and triumphs in your life. And would you please, Elder, please tell the people it's truly about the mindset You know, your perception of whatever situation you find yourself in will dictate how you handle the situation, literally. It's um, a man who has lost his legs, okay, Um, can get in. You you know, we hear stories like this all the time. Let me say it like this. We hear stories of um, veterans being wounded in battle stepping on a mine, going through all different kinds of things. And so the wounded veteran comes back home, and the perception can either be my life is over because I've lost my legs, or the perception could be, you know what, I still have my arms, my arms, my my head, my body, my torso, and everything that I need to accomplish, God will still make provision for me to accomplish it. They will come home. They will go through physical therapy. They will get prosthesis so that they can still get up, walk, run, do whatever it is that they care to do in life and let nothing stop them. Or they can come home in that state of depression, woe is me, my life is over, and literally either lay in bed and just wither away or commit suicide. It is all in the perception of what it is that you're going through. As as Tanya said, what is your mindset? I shared with you guys a few weeks ago the nugget that God dropped within me, and he was talking about mastermind. And it was like, you know, you hear about all the different um, courses that are out there and come take this master class and this mastermind this and mastermind that. And he was like, why don't you master the mind of Christ? Again, it is your perception of what God has promised you. What is God speaking to you? Here, Here's one. Here's an important one. And God was dealing with me with this very one this morning in service. <clears throat> if I told you that I've covered your sin in my blood, then what is it that's stopping you from giving me praise? It's in the mindset. We all make mistakes. We all 
make bad choices in life. But are you going to allow your mistakes and your bad choices to dictate your praise to God, to cause you to be in a box? See, I had an argument with the enemy in church because I was like, you know what? You are not going to hold back my praise. I'm walking through some things right now, but my God is faithful, and I will praise him in season and out of season. And in that moment, the enemy was defeated. My pastor, Pastor Seneca, she gave a testimony, a like-minded testimony. Last night, she said she felt something come over her body. And she told the devil, called him a stanky beast, told him to go back to the pit of hell where he came from. Because she Amen. didn't have time for that. It was her Amen. mindset. Like, oh, no, no. Amen. And I'm not accepting it. It is her mindset. She could have taken the mindset of, oh, my God, I don't feel good. And, you know, you start confessing things over yourself and this is wrong and that's wrong. No, the devil is a lie. We have precious promises that God has made to us in the midst of the covenant that he made with us. And if that is your mindset, when you're walking through situations, your perception your, your vantage point, how you see what you're dealing with will change. It will completely change. And it's all about your perception. How are you viewing where you're at? Your perception will dictate your mindset. Are you living in the woe is me mentality or are you living into victory is mine? Because my God said it is. I don't give a rat's behind what's going on. It's mine. Okay? It's mine. The natural eye may be saying, oh, my God, this is about to happen and you're going to encounter this. And you're like, oh, no, uh uh-uh, not today. No, I'm not. Why? Because I'm a child of God, because he loves me unconditionally, because he said and promised that he will never leave me nor forsake me, because he said nothing and no one would ever pluck me out of his hands, because there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. So therefore, what? Come on. when Jesus Come on, said on the cross, it is finished, it is finished. So I'm like Pastor Seneca, you stinky, low life, whatever, you can go back to the pit of hell where you are doomed to be. Amen. Amen. Because I'm going to be all Amen. right. Why? Because my no. daddy is God. Hmm. Let me tell you why it's so easy, you guys, to feel the way that you do. Because we're so used to being in bondage for so long. I keep telling everybody that God has released us from the bondage of slavery. And we thought that slavery was about just being black. It was the releasing of our mind set mm-hmm. to believe that we're much greater and what he's called us to be is much greater than what they try to tell us that we were and what we are. Mm. And that's a lie. And I'm going to tell you something that's not easy. You got to wake up every day doing the same thing. Let me tell you something. If you can wake up every day feeling depressed, not feeling good, oh, the bills are due, trust me, you guys, I've gone through some things. Please believe me. It's been some things I was even, it it, it would test you. Something that some of y'all may say, oh, that's nothing. But it was a test of a lot of things for me about going Mm. off like I used to, cussing, and seeing a whole bunch of other things. But this time I went, you know what, Mm. I'm going to slip into my guy mode. I'm going to survive this. It's going to be okay, Lord. 
Because I know this mm. ain't going to be long. And then that's what the pastor said today. That's when you say weeping only endures for one night, for joy cometh in the morning. Yes, what hallelujah. What she said, sis, is what she said today. Why can't you just praise him even in the bad times of what it don't even mm. look like? I'm telling you mm. something. Don't look with your physical eye because if you do, you'll lose your mind. Give up, throw your hands up, shoot yourself in the head, commit suicide, mm. do all kinds of things. But if you keep holding on, see, what you need to do is, the Lord told me, I want you to look up everything that says about faith. I said, faith? Well, I'm telling everybody, I want you to look at everything of God's promises. See, we thought God's mm-hmm. promises because what we see the world say is, you're going to be rich rich like Oprah or Greenspong, and you're going to do this, you're going to do that. That's not what God said. He said, I would never leave nor forsake you. Is that a promise? That's right. That's right. I will love you. In spite of, hmm. he said that. Learn God's promises, and I believe that he we said can hold he would cover your shame. He would not allow uh-huh. you to be ashamed. And I'm hearing Come in on, my sis. spirit, somebody needs to know that. You know, you are caught in a place where you feel like what you have done is so wrong, and maybe you did not handle it properly, and maybe you stepped out of the will of God, and maybe you were even disobedient to the voice of God, but you are yet God's child. And if you've ever given birth or sired a child, then you know no matter what happens between you and that child, that child is still your child. You will never turn your back on that child. Amen. You will never give Amen. up your hope of that child. You may even distance yourself from that child for a minute because you may have to use a little tough love, but in your heart, you never divorce that child. You never give up. Amen. Even parents Amen. that have put their children up for adoption, you hear stories over and over and over again. There is still a connection in their heart for that child. There's still that longing of, I wonder if that baby is okay. I wonder if they went into a good home. Well, your father, God, will never divorce you. He will never separate himself from you. So you have to know whatever has transpired, you're not alone in this situation. You're not alone. God is with you. God is with you, and he will walk it out to your good because that's his promise. That's his promise. That's powerful. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's powerful. So hold That's that. Powerful. Hold that thought, okay? Hold that thought. Okay. Serious. Okay. Amen yeah. on that one. Amen mm-hmm. on that one. You know, you guys, we don't, I think you guys feel like we come on here just to hear ourselves talk. But I promise you guys, I don't want to be on here if I can't make a difference in one person's life. I believe in my heart that I was the sheep that went astray and God turned around and came and got me because mm-hmm. he knew how much I loved him. See, mm-hmm. you got what you don't understand is you can make a lot of mistakes and you, you can do a lot of things, but if you, when you have the love of God in your heart, I believe that he has mercy. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for I believe that too, sis. Yeah, I, but I believe mm-hmm. there's an innocence in that. I'm not saying knowingly no, and now you're pushing it. But when you truly love God in your heart, we don't understand sometimes, man, that devil, I ain't, I'm not giving him any praise because my God is bigger. My God is greater. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. what it's like to fight. I know what it's like for that enemy to come against you. I know what it's like 
especially when things have happened in the past and we don't know how to shake it in our future. I'm just telling you guys, please hear me what I'm saying. You cannot keep carrying the past in your lives when there's so much Mm. of your future to be seen. It's enough. That's why the word of God tells you live each day as it is your first. We keep saying that. Mm-hmm. For tomorrow is mm-hmm. my promise to you. That's right. It's about living for today, loving for what you have today. Man, my mom called me, mm. and she was like, man, I want you to know I didn't mean to call you. She said, but, you know, my phone dialed you. And I was like, I'm so glad it was a mistake. I need to hear from you. I thank God for that. Mm. You don't have to keep saying, well, okay, well, fine. Okay, talk to you later, whatever. I just thank God for his mercy and his grace. That's forever. And forever. Amen. Please believe me. Please believe me. I work a common job. I'm sure a lot of you guys have degrees bigger than mine and everything. But what I do know is I'm rich because the love of God is in my heart and in my soul. And I thank him for that. I can wake up every day. And there are so many people out there that have financial blessings but don't have Come the on. love of God in their heart, don't have the peace of God in their heart. And mm-hmm. I promise oh. you, 80% of them would give Come up on. the financial blessing that they have for that peace. For that Amen. Peace. Mm-hmm. For that peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My um, my nephew had posted something earlier today, and I saw it, and I, I had a response to it, and I'd like to read it to you because I think people need to understand that no matter where you are in life and no matter what was in your past, um, it's going to propel you to your to a prosperous future as long as you don't allow it to hold you in bondage. He posted Amen. this. He said, I wasn't raised on love. I was raised on survival. Now as a man, I'm learning how to love. And I thought that was so profound. And and it really was profound to me because in the past few days, I've been really having conversations with God about always being in survival mode because that's where I feel like I find myself more than, and and, and it's, I find myself in survival mode. And when I'm in survival mode, I believe that I am not, yielding as much as I should to God because I feel like it's on me. I feel like I've got to take care of it. And excuse me, and I think that comes from my past. I have no doubt it comes from my past because I had to survive. Okay, I was a single mom and I didn't know the Lord until my, my mid thirties. So it was all about survival. Okay. I had Amen. two lives depending on me and that I had to feed and, you know, and I just always felt the need to survive. Okay. So when I read that, I was like, wow, I was raised on survival. And then I thought about even my upbringing because my mom, you know, I've, I've shared this. My mom was a tough cookie, but my mother worked long, long hours. So after my father died, when I was seven, by age nine, I was home by myself. I was in survival mode. You know, I mean, I was raised and what have you, and she made sure I had, but I was on my own. And when you're on your own that young, you you develop survival mentality. Right. And then they have my first child at 14. Now now I'm really in survival mode now. You know what I'm saying? Right. And your mom mom was going survival mode by working that. That's why she had to leave you. She was. Because she had to go in survival mode. 
Exactly. You know, all of her life. Think about it. My mother was born in 1913, so she lived her entire life in survival mode. You know, as a fair-skinned black woman, she didn't fit in either world. She didn't fit in the white man's world. She didn't fit in the black man's world. So she had to stay in survival mode all the time. Right. Right. That's what she knew. And that's what she imparted in me. In fact, we had a discussion once where she was mad about a decision I had made, and my response to her was, you raised me to be independent. And she said, yes, of everybody but me. And I said, it doesn't work that way. Either I'm dependent or I'm independent. And she, it was right. like, like the light bulb went off, and she, you know, and she had to stop and think about that for a minute. But because she was a survivalist, she raised me to be a survivalist. Okay, okay. Okay, and, and it was deep. like embraced within me, you know, and it was literally survival of a fittest. You know, no, I'm not going down. You'll go down before I go down. You know what I'm saying? That's Seriously. That was, that was the mentality. But here was my response. That's God gave me this response to my nephew, and I said this to him. I said, facing the truth of our lives, past and present, prepares us for a prosperous future. Amen. And it was like, you know, and then I said, I'm proud of you, nephew, love you much. But the key was, you know, God gave me that, that if we face the truth of our past and even our present situation, if we can face the truth of who we are right now, who we've been, who we are right now, if we can face that and give that truth to God. Not trying to sugarcoat it, candy coat it, not trying to change our own perception of who we are or our perspective of what it is that we're doing. Call a spade a spade. If you did something wrong, you did it wrong. You go, you repent, you know, and to repent means not just saying I'm sorry. To repent says, okay, I'm going to turn, and I'm not doing that one again, Lord. I'm sorry. Amen. So I'm going to go a different Amen way. to that one, sis. Amen. Okay. By facing that, then you prepare yourself for a prosperous future. But you've got to face the truth of who you are. What is your mindset? Even in dealing with your mindset, what have you led yourself to believe about yourself? Powerful. Seriously. Powerful. And not only that, what are you believing about other people? I have had such profound conversations with my son these past two weeks since He's been back home. And part of the conversation, and even yesterday, I dropped him off at his wife's house so he could spend some time with his children. But even in that, I was like, don't forget, she's not your enemy. And and in the conversation I had with him the first day he was back here at my house, it was, we are not your enemy. I know who you are. Okay? We know who you are. So we are not your enemy. We're not trying to change you. We're in awe at what you've done because it's not who you are. So we're not judging you saying that this is the person you are by what you have done. You did wrong, but it's not who you are, and we are That's not your powerful. enemy. And sometimes you have to get to that place of truth. And so last time, uh-huh. because, you know, he's been, like, in this trauma mode about his wife and his dad and all these different people, and it's like, hold up, no, no, no. She's not your enemy because it took both of y'all to make the mess that you made of your marriage. It wasn't just her and it wasn't just you. It was the two of you together. Amen. 
Amen. You have to understand that. And once you can realize that, now we can have civil conversations and we can move on. Amen. But as long That's as you are not sir. facing the truth of who you are and what has transpired, then you can't go forth. So what my sister is saying, what is your mindset? Are you facing the truth of your current Amen. situation? What of the choices it? that what you've right. made? Right, but it's okay if you made bad choices. It's okay. Mm. What you, your mindset is saying, I made them. You know, I heard Oprah say something, and, and I know a lot of people may feel, but, you know, words are profound, whether you like the person or not. I love her. I don't have anything against her. But what she said was, you know, you can't, well, I can't be embarrassed. She said, I, you know, you, okay, so it happened. So move on. Okay, I did it. So now what? You can't laugh at it. I realize I did it. Okay, it happened. It's the way that it is. You're not going to keep making me feel bad about it. I accept it. Exactly. And move on. I'm not going to allow you to put me in bondage because of my bad choice. Right. I admit it. Because of it. I did it. It was a bad choice. You won't hold me in bondage because I still have a future and a destiny to fulfill. Amen. Amen. You know what, sis? I know that it's getting time for the show to wrap up. You guys, we went a little bit over. And if my sister don't mind, oh, I no, hope no, no. that. Remember, we didn't start till 530, so we got till 630. You still got 30 oh, minutes. Oh, man, though. this is getting, look, you guys, this is getting even better. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you guys something. Now I can bring up, thank you, sis, I love you. I can bring up what this mm. is truly about. You know, I believe a lot of us Christian people, the ones that say we love God, Right now, we're being tested with the truth of loving people for real. Mm, And mm. I believe that, you know, saying, because I'm one of them, if he's to say I love you, and I got in that situation a long time ago in my life, being molested young and thinking that was love and all these things that I began to say the words, I love you. But what does that truly mean? Mm. And I'm going to tell you something. My sister, Elder Colette, and many other people, but I'm, I'm going to take her because I keep telling you guys the story. When I was in my mess, she, her daughter, my niece, and her, her granddaughter, her grandchildren, they loved me. Her husband loved me. And what she's saying about her son is the truth. She doesn't look at him about what he's done, and she didn't look at me like that. And I fought for so long because I thought, no way, nobody, no way. Look what I've done. Look what I, I made a mess of my life. How can you love me? How can you keep loving me? And she kept loving me. And I kept hating myself. And she kept loving me. But I want you guys to know something that I'm not here because of what I prayed for. I don't believe that. I'm here because when I was in my mess, I had people like Elder Colette and people like my pastor, Seneca, and people like that that loved me and prayed for me in spite of what I felt about myself. I thank God for the glory of that because I, yeah. that's, again, what we're talking about, the perception. You know, it took me this long, you guys, 50, I'll be 54, actually, and it took me this long to start saying, I'm tired of this. I ain't going to keep, oh, no, I'm not going. Come on, you guys. <laughs> it's never mm. over. It's never over as long as God wakes you up in the morning. I heard somebody say, man, when I thought I wanted to be an RN, I was 40-something years old. It's too late. It was too late when you said that. Because otherwise, it's never mm-hmm. too late. It's never too late, mm-hmm. you guys, to reinvent yourself. 
But the word mm-hmm. of God, he keeps bringing it back to me over again. What does? What is it like to love somebody to love you back? That's easy. It's easy to love people to love you back. As a matter of fact, yep. it's totally awesome sauce because it just flows so good. But God said, but to love the unlovable. And mm. I don't know about you guys. Maybe some ain't never been in that situation, but I have. Mm. I was the unlovable. Because trust me, my 18-year-old, she just turned 18-year-old, you guys. I think I told you guys last time, mm. I'm still doing the dance. But that's still I'm my still baby. in shock that she's 18. <laughs> I'm what? going, oh, my God. Can you God, believe that? No, right. Years. You guys have to hear me. I was there when she entered the world, okay? So it was like, right. gosh, has it been 18 years? Has it been 18 years? Wow. And I'm trying to tell you guys, but wow. guess what? It's still, it's never over. I still have to love her. And I still have Absolutely. to understand. And I still have to care. Mm. And trust me, it's not easy. Because I was that mom, my sister tell you, I was the auntie everybody called at church to get their kids in line. I was the one mm. that I could look at a kid and they jump up and do whatever I say. And then I had one that didn't. That didn't mm. flow well with me. Mm-hmm. But God had to show me that the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. I keep telling mm. you guys, one of the chapters in my book, look forward to it. And one of that is she keeps digging up dead bones. I said, Lord, I don't understand mm. why I feel this way. Because she keeps digging up dead bones that you have buried. Mm. She brings them up. But when you face those dead bones, you guys, when you face it and understand, okay, I created it. Okay, what can I do, Lord, to make this better so I can move on from this mm. situation? Because I've learned. Mm-hmm. And I understand now. And I don't want to come back here. What do I have to do? Again, mindset. Amen, sis. Mm. Oh, man, I apologize. Amen. Oh, don't apologize. It's your show, girl. But amen, amen. Uh, you know what? I I have to I have to say that I so relate to what you just said. And I remember I had uh, my my spiritual daughter that the, the Lord entreated me with. I, and for a long time, I was like, Daddy, what did I do wrong? <laughs> this girl was something else. Seriously, but all she wanted was love, really, truly. All she wanted was love. And because she had had such trauma in her life, she didn't know what that meant. She didn't know what that meant. She took that, you know, arguing and abuse and different things to equate to love because that's what she had experienced in life. And so for her own, oh, oh God, that is good. For her own survival, she twisted the abuse to make it appear to be love in her eyes. Because come on, that's the powerful. opposite of that would have been unbearable. And I, I, I know Jesus. God is speaking to somebody right this Come minute. on, come on. Okay. Because this is not up. why I brought this up. This is not why I brought this up. I had a whole different mindset. But God just spoke that. Some of you have equated abuse and neglect and um, being talked down to um, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse. You've acquainted with love because if you thought of it in the truth of what it was, it would be unbearable for you because you would think that 
how could anybody hate you so much to do these things to you? So you had to take the things that you were walking to through and equate them to love, and which is why you're drawn to those type of individuals because in your mind, Amen. that's, that's Amen. love. You fight, you know, you argue, Amen. and then you that's apologize, powerful. and so that's love. You know, that's not <laughs> love. So what I, where I was going with this before God took us on this, this detour for somebody that needed to hear was that I remember saying one day, after Dylan, this young lady came and she lived with me for a year. <laughs> Woo, what a year. But let me tell you, I remember standing up one day in church and gave her testimony. And I said, you know what, I have walked through some things of late. And I didn't give specifics um, because actually she was sitting there. But I, I gave this testimony. I have walked through some things of late. And there were things that were in me that I thought were dead that I thought they were buried, that they no longer existed, that they were dead. I said, and because of what I've walked through, I found out they were merely sleeping, and now they're awake. You better come on. That's what the Lord said, digging up dead bones. Amen. (laughs) I'm just bearing witness to what you said. It was like... Because there was some things, like there was some rage that was in me about this individual at a point in time yes. that it was like, if you don't get up out of my face, I'm fixing you to come seriously on. hurt you. And the sad part was, in her eyes, now you love me because you're willing to, to, I can push that button. So I know you have emotion about me. So now I believe you love me. I'm like, that's you know powerful. what? You got some sick. That that's a sickness. <laughs> that's a sick mindset. Because I told you but before you, know you got here, please I've don't try me. Don't do that. Right, but you guys, I've had it, and you know what? When they told me, that's powerful, sis, and I love you for that. You know, and I'm hoping that we can continue to show, and we're going to continue to talk. But we need to continue this this show on this on mindset in the sickness point of view, and then the heal point of view. Mm. We have to know the difference between the two. And I thank God yeah. for my sister bringing that up because my sister can tell you some things about me. You know, I went out there, and you know what I'm trying to say to you? I, I, I got uh, married young. I was looking for love, being molested young. And, you know, and I thought that every time we argued, we fought, and it was beating me up, that that was love. And they would tell me that was love. My first marriage, he told me that that was love. I wouldn't have had to do it if I didn't love you so much. And I remember crying Mm. and saying, I deserve it. Mm. I deserve this. And you find yourself in that state of mind, you guys, that mindset. That's a sickness. But you don't know it's sick because what you don't know is that type of mindset is the new normal for people. That's what they're calling Mm. bipolar. And that's what they're calling crazy. And that's what they're calling this. And they're giving a drug for it. But it's, it's called you need healing. You need to deal with what Mm -hmm. it is. And you need Mm -hmm. to know that it's okay with what you went through and what you had to process in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. People keep saying it's not a God. If it was a God, he wouldn't allow this to happen. Come on, you guys. It is a God. He allows it to happen to show you just how strong you are because you're still here. So you survived it. Do you? I Mm -hmm. hope somebody heard me. See, you say, how can God allow this to be? If there was a God, he wouldn't allow this to happen to me. 
But he allowed it to happen to show you just what he put inside of you to survive it. Now, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. And that's what we're talking about, mindset. It's how you look at it. I'm telling you guys, please hear me. In order to be saved mentally in your mind is how you view things. Amen, sis? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Think, think about this. No, no, no. You, what you said is a perfect segue into what just dropped in my spirit. Think about this. <clears throat> when you were talking about people being diagnosed as being bipolar, and I thought about schizophrenia where people have multiple personalities. And but when you trace back, you will find that if you talk to a psychologist, that when you trace schizophrenia or the, the multiple personalities, it is because that person created an alter ego, another person, to help them process the things they were going through. So whereas the abuse got so bad that another alter ego, another person had to surface to protect the a person that was being abused. And normally you will find, and you see it in the movies all the time, but you know, fact is stranger than fiction, because normally you will see that the, the, the alter ego is more dominant. And don't going to take no stuff off of nobody. It will put you in your place. may even take you out. That's where that schizophrenia comes in, okay? Because it arose to protect that one that was being abused. It's your mindset. Even our mind has the capability of trying to protect itself. And sometimes that leads to mental illness. As a way of protection. How many times have you talked to people that have encountered trauma in their life, but they can't remember what happened? Because the mind is protecting itself by shielding that memory. So you can't remember. People will tell you something happened to you, but you don't remember. And they can go through years of therapy trying to break through to that one memory. So we have to make sure that our mindset is such that we keep it healthy, that we recognize what it is, like we just talked about. Let me recognize the fact of what happened. If it was my fault, if it was somebody else's fault, if it was nobody's fault and it just happened. Let me recognize the truth in it so that my mindset, my perception of it can be true so that it is not tainted, which will cause me to do things that I should not do. When we have a tainted mindset, it causes us to do all kinds of things. I did a, an interview for CBN years ago, and I, in the interview, I talked about losing my virginity at such a young age, at 13 years old, when in my mind, all I ever wanted was to walk down the aisle. I wanted a fairy tale wedding, and I wanted to have that white veil over my face, but I wanted it to be real. So many people walk down the aisle with that veil over their face, but they're not a virgin, okay? It's just, that's a facade. That veil ain't real. And the, the purpose of the veil meant the purity of you giving yourself to your husband, that you've never 
you know, been with another person so that when your husband lifts up that veil to kiss you, probably should be for the first time, but to kiss you, you are literally submitting yourself to your husband and no one else has had that honor. But once I lost my virginity, it changed my mindset. It changed how I looked at myself. And because of that one change in that one act, then I went on a life of promiscuity for several years, for several years, because it changed how I valued myself. Because that one thing that I thought was so precious, that I held so dear to me, was no longer mine. It had lost its value in my eyesight. So, see, we've got to, I'm telling you people, we've got to take some time to do some spiritual assessing and some for real natural assessing and allow God to show you the truth of who you are, the truth of what has happened in your life, the truth that of what was or was not done to you, because you may be viewing it as you're the victim when you might have been the victimizer because of your perception of the situation. So let God heal you. What is your mindset? Let your mindset be that of, Father, show me the truth of who I am, not of who the other person is. First, let me know who I am. And then once I can come to terms with me, then you can reveal that person to me and I can see that person in a different light. Because anybody that is a chronic abuser, is someone that's been abused. And you don't understand the pain that they're in and what causes them to abuse you. But you're not ready to deal with that until you're able to deal with you. Who are you? What happened to cause you to make the choices and the decisions that you have made? We talked a little while ago about me. I have been in survival mode the majority of my life, and I had to come to terms with that. So choices and decisions I make, I make it out of survival. And God is showing me right now in this place and time in my life, stop running on survival. Trust me. Now, I love the Lord, and I have great faith, and I think I trust him. But then something will pop up and jump up in my face, and I'll make a choice and a decision to do something, and it is steeped in my survivalist faith, not in my trust in God. But I have to be, to thine own self be true. I had to come to that place of truth. And recognize it so that I don't make that mistake again. I don't want to make that mistake again. I don't want to live my life anymore in survival mode. I want to live my life in trust mode in God. And so many of us on the outside, we're like, oh, yeah, she got it all together, and she was the Lord, and she's strong, and she's that. And trust me, I've never denounced the Lord, and I've been with him, and I thank God that he, even in the midst of a bad choice and decision, yet walks with me, yet communicates to me, yet loves me. Thank you, Jesus. 
But he had to show me me. I had to come face to face with me. Why do I choose some of the choices that I do? And it's that survival mode that you've been in all your life. So it it was so ironic. Like I said, God and I have been having this discussion for the past few days. And when I read my nephew's post this morning, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) You know, it was like that is so on point. It spoke volumes to my heart. I was not raised. I was raised in survival, not in love. So now, as a grown man, he's saying, I have to learn love. Now, I thank God. As I said before, my mother taught me and raised me to be a survivalist, but she also taught me the epitome of love. So I can honestly say I grew up with both, okay? But the strength that I have within, that inner resolve, it comes from being a survivalist. And let me tell you this. Hmm. Genetics is a strong, strong thing, okay? Because when I think of my biological mother, she went into survival mode, think about this, to give birth to me. When everybody turned their back on her, her family, my sperm donor, everybody cast her aside. She had to go into survival mode to put herself into a home for unwed mothers and give me up for adoption. That was survival. When I read what the social worker said was the only time, the only time she saw any emotion in my mother was when she came to see her in the hospital after she had given birth to me. That taught me something. That said volume to who I am. So I had my natural mother, who was a survivalist, And the mother that raised me as a survivalist, and guess what I became? A survivalist. That's what I knew. It was inbred within me and raised up within me. That's powerful, sir. I'm saying all of this to say that, you know what, no matter what your genetics are, no matter what your environment was, there is still God who trumps all of that. And it is God who's speaking to you to say, come face to face with who you are and the choices that you make with the mindset that you will allow to govern your actions. Come face to face with it so that God can heal and redirect because you still have purpose and destiny to fulfill. Amen. Go ahead, sis. Man, go ahead. I can't even say anything after what you just said. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm being honest with you guys. That was, that just put the whipped cream and the cherry and everything on top of what I said about mindset. You took that to another level. You guys, it is so important. It's the truth. You just made me realize something the Holy Spirit gave me. You guys know that my daughter was eight years old when her father got her. And for these years, I carried that guilt. I carried that, what did I do as a mother? And the other day I was in the mirror and the Holy Spirit said, you made a sacrifice. You didn't abandon her. You made a sacrifice. I said, how could I make a sacrifice, Father? I was in my mess. You guys, I was out there selling my body, doing all kinds of things as I got caught up in this mess in a relationship. And right then the Holy Spirit said, you didn't want her to see at that age, 
You didn't want her to be calm at that age. You didn't want her to be able to saturate any of that at that age. You made a sacrifice. Mm. You guys, let me say something to you right now. And she's still, I don't even talk to my middle daughter, you guys. And, and please hear me when I say that to you. I thank God because God allowed me to look at her and see her beauty and what she's doing in her life. And God said, that's you. You, no matter how you look at it, that's you. If you, mm-hmm. you know, when you, if someone would have made like that it. same sacrifice, <laughs> right. And if someone would have made that same sacrifice, that would have been you. If you would have made a left instead of a right, that was you. So I'm still letting you see the beauty mm-hmm. of you. And I thank God for that, you guys. Again, and it's not what over between you, because God is going to, no. he will, he will reunite that, you know, he I is not still at that. work in the midst of that. He still is that. at work you in the midst something, of that. Though. I think the next show, we should continue it, and it should be survival mode, because I, mm. what you brought up, sis, was some bones. I believe a lot of people out there can identify. We have all been in survival mode. My mom was in survival mode. Yeah. Well, my dad did mm-hmm. what he did, and she was pregnant and thinking life was supposed to be bliss, and you, you're supposed to be married to the man that you love, and it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on, and he does this, and he does that, and now she kicked in survival mode. Now she got kids, she mm-hmm. got babies, now she got to survive. Mm-hmm. Now you got to do this, you yep. got to do that. So I realized that my mom being in her survival mode kicked me in survival mode. My sister just let me know yep. that I've been in survival mode. Now I'm looking at my children, and my children are mm-hmm. in survival mode. I talked to my mm-hmm. granddaughter today, and her attitude, I can hear it in her voice. It's survival mode, you guys. Mm-hmm. And we need mm-hmm. to come out of survival. We, we want to be in survival mode with God, with Christ. We want to be in that survival mode knowing it's okay. We don't want to throw up the walls and build the fences and put up the barricades and put the tractors up. And, and you know what I'm trying to say? And don't open it up because then that way, how can God come in? How can he dwell? Yeah. We shut them out, right? We shut them out mm-hmm. when we do that. So maybe we should make that next yeah, show. Yeah, we could, we could about definitely do a show about survival mode, definitely. Because you know what? I think if more and more people were to understand that that's how they've lived their life, most people don't even understand. You know, well, this, I this is just how I am. This is just how I am. No, right. no, right. no survival right. mode. You know, and right. life has put you in survival mode. And you know, our that's how I feel. Yes. I feel like, like, yes, yes, girl, yes. Hallelujah. We are in our marriages. We're in survival mode, you guys. In our finances, <laughs> we're in survival mode. Show. Yes, 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 ma'am. We can go well, so we much are further now at the end of the show, but yes, yes. So tune in next week because we will definitely be talking about survival mode. And, it's going, I so. and I believe it'll be healing. I believe it'll bring healing to many people because they've Amen. not been able to put a finger on or understand why they make the choices that they make. Amen. What makes Amen. me do what I do? Because I do think, I'm like Paul sometimes. I do what I don't want to do. And what I want to do, I don't do. What makes me do that? You know? Wow, powerful. And if we can come face to face with the cause, the root of it, then we can deal with it. Wow. And, so, and I'm going to put another wow. little spin on it. 
We will talk about survival mode the next show, but also in conjunction with survival mode, because of being in survival mode, the inner vows that we have made in order to survive. Woo! Woo! Powerful, you guys. Please tell your friends, because I believe, like my sister said, this is going to be healing and deliverance in a lot of people's lives. You know, I thank God because we started off talking about mindset and what you don't know is survival mode is a form of mindset. We set our minds on certain things and we don't let up off of it. We've been told certain things and that's what we believe in. If you were told when you were young you were nobody, that's what you still believe in. Now you're 50 and you were told that when you were six. It's your it's your survival mode of mindset. Amen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks be unto God. This was good. This was good, 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 good. Share, 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 people. You need to get this show out in front of um, of, of people. And yeah, because I believe that this will bless them. And definitely, we're gonna we're gonna advertise next week's show. We're gonna put it out there since we already know what we're gonna be dealing with. We're gonna put it out there. And we want Amen. to tell your friends to join in because they need Amen. to hear it. So Amen. to God be all the glory, my sister. I love you, love you, love you. I love and you, beautiful. I love you guys. Be back next week. Same God Amen. channel, same God time. Same bad time. Amen. <laughs> Bye-bye. Love you. Let's keep it real.